Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Divine Mind Group Community Call and the Orion Mind School of the Prophets. I'm Jim Davis, your moderator. Today is April 7th, 2019. Tonight's speaker is Gary Ray, which is also known as the White Wolf. And brother, anytime you're ready. Well, that's going to be four and seven is 11. And 2018 or 2019 is 10, 12. So 11 and 12 is going to be 23. 23 is the number five. Wasn't you and I just talking about them five senses and the beating them arrows five times or four? Yes, sir. Quivers, a quiver is like the quiver of either your seed in thoughts or as the children, which are still initially thoughts in your mind. Yes, and sir. as you manifest and you go for it, you have to beat those to, those thoughts and ideas to shape them to produce the end result that you want. So you don't build a house. You see the house perfect, built, complete. And then the mind knows that it's there. And so now if you were saying, uh, uh, say, the God rock uh, and using the witchcraft runes, you would be using the prayer spells and uh, the sigilistic forms of, say, the runic states. Well, they talk about using yarrow sticks. Well, a yarrow stick is what you use in the Yi Chen Chang, uh, which is the Book of Changes, the 64 orders of the hexagram. Hexagram is a sexagram. That's what it means. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You talk about Jim, I have the best. I have the best time. I have studied so much over the years that oh my God, I can walk down any furrow in this garden, any 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 opening in this garden, and see every kind of fruit that you can imagine, just wow. by knowing how to plant the thought. And yes. so you're planting the garden of your mind. You're literally the gardener that is referred to, say, way back in Genesis. Genesis, he puts you here to be a tender of the garden. Yes. Well, the tender of the garden, the garden of your thoughts. They're going to be the fruits and the manifesting aspects of your life. Yes, sir. See, and this is why these last four tapes, uh, one of four, two of four, three of four, four of four, if they really would listen to what they're hearing, See, the time is that it will open, and that time is now. Yes, sir. But, um, see, the the ones that are really wanting to know, oh, let me tell you, it's going to happen. Um, Excuse me. Man, it has rained down here. You talking about a frog strangler, a turd floater? 
it's it's got to everything but the coffin floater. And uh, wow. if it gets bad enough down in Nolan, listen, they had nine inches of rain down there, dude. And they already uh, below uh, sea level. Wow. If them pumps, oh, listen here. If if them pumps in New Orleans fail, son, let me tell you, uh, it, it'll float uh, more than a third, as a man said, and it'll strangle more than a frog. There'll be coffins popping up everywhere down there. Oh, you think there's popcorn coming out of that? Well, I'm serious. And that's that, oh. that here. Uh, south of here, um, uh, down in certain places on the Sabine and uh, uh, Sabine Lake, south in Lake Charles Cameron, down in that area, over yes. into uh, East Texas, southeast Texas in the corner by uh, uh, Fort Arthur, Groves, Meterland, uh, you know, places like that in the Golden Triangle. Let me tell yes. you something, son. <laughs> um, all the rivers and all of the bayous uh, are at at the top of the bank. Uh, some of them are already above bank level, probably foot and half. Oh and uh, it got so bad in Lake Charles, what was it? Uh, yesterday or day before? Um, it must have been uh, Friday. must have been Friday. Son, it was so bad, they had the sheriff's department down there in Calcasieu Parish. They had done broke out the high water all terrain vehicles, and wow. uh, they wouldn't send a squad car no more because the squad cars would all be drowned out. So they were sending them picking people up everywhere. I mean, and uh, this place is down there. You, like if you went down, they got a street called Alamo, Cottonwood. Well, they got a, some some genius kunas dug. <laughs> he dug the road down six to eight feet. And then come back up on the other side. Well, it happens to be a, uh, should be a water canal there. But it stays dry most of the time until it rains. Yes. When it rains, there is eight foot of water in that damn ditch. Wow. And them coonasses will come flying down through there, or whoever, whatever, you know. I mean, you don't have to be a coonie, but I mean, in this part of the country, you know, I mean, you just about put your finger on it and you got a little of it there. And, yes. uh,. <laughs> But anyway, uh, they'll hit that, and man, you won't even see that damn car. It'll just disappear. And uh, every now and then they'll go popping up out of the water. Every now and then they have to drag a few out, you know. <laughs> but, oh, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, let me tell you something. Um, if they have a major tsunami come in, and, um, a big shaking and a quaking in the Gulf of Mexico. Cameron, up into uh, southeast Texas, all the way up into Beaumont. Listen, a whole lot of Beaumont went underwater in that last big hurricane they had. Wow. But so is going to be, and so has uh, Lake Charles. But Lake Charles, if you're south of 10, you better have your damn boat on standby. And there is a place north of Lake Charles, about 10, 10, 11 miles. It's called Gillis, Louisiana. I seen in a dream that Gillis was a dead gum boat launch. Well, wow. remember years ago in San Antonio when I had that dream and I, I told all of y'all how, to, how the United States looked and the Mississippi was 254, 258 miles wide. And then later on, I found out about Louis Scallion and about the map of the United States Navy. 
That map of the United States Navy shows almost every damn thing I seen in that dream. Yes, sir. I remember. Yeah, let me tell you something. Well, hell, uh, the uh, Mississippi is going to open up, and uh, the St. Lawrence Seaway that flows down into the Great Lakes and yes. Hudson Bay, all that crap's going to come on down and dump on down into the Great Lakes, and it's going to come down through the Mississippi and the Ohio and all of that in there. Let me tell you something. Uh, you won't be able to step across no Mississippi River up in Minnesota like you can now. No, I understand that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, here to listen, here the Mississippi at, uh, at New Orleans is over a mile wide. Wow. That's that's a good jump. Let me tell you, that that's a, that's a badass river. They didn't call it the father of waters for nothing. And... Um, um, if it gets really bad, so you still got all that water coming down from uh, the Missouri, the Snake, um, Upper Mississippi, uh, and all of that flood. And they got they got some more floods heading there tomorrow in the next three or four days. Oh my goodness! Y'all gonna get a dose of it too? Oh yes, sir. Unless yeah. unless you bend it and make it go around you, now you can bend it because I've been bending it. Um, I prayed about it this morning and put it in gear, and that storm come through, son, it skirted all around us people, everywhere around here lost power. It tore, I don't know how much up, east and west and north of us and south of us, but it didn't come to the farm. Uh, I can understand that. I mean, the Let me tell you week. something. You can control this. You literally control this. But you have to understand that you have that ability. Uh, we went yesterday. Uh, Shawnee had uh, um, we had had uh, um, probably a coon or two, and maybe a fox or something had uh, got into the corner of her chicken barn that we built for, and uh, we had had several. Um, you know what they would call? They're really king snakes, but uh, they'll look like a chicken snake or, you know, they're marked. Uh, they call them chicken snakes, too, but they're really a king snake. And uh, Jim, she's been catching some over seven feet long. Wow. They're big bro. enough and got a head on them big enough that they can swallow a goose egg. My goodness. I'm telling you, listen, they'll clean out a box of biddies before you can turn around. And, uh, but anyway, uh, we got all them cleaned up, and she said, Gee, they have a chicken sale over almost uh, Danny Reed, says it. And she said, It's only seven miles um, east of Ragley. I said, Shawnee, it's got to be at, she said, It's at a, a, a trailer park. I said, Honey, that's got to be that trailer park that's right across the road from Texas Eastern. I said, and that's about halfway between Ragley and Reeves. She said, well, they started four. Would you mind going with me? I said, no, I'll go with you. So we saddled up old white girl, and the way we did go. And uh, we got her four little hens and two roosters to replace the two that she had lost. And, uh, ma'am, we supposed to start at 4 o'clock. I don't think that sale started to 5.30, maybe a quarter to 6. Wow. And uh, we left, and they wasn't half over with. 
And uh, we had already got our stuff, and we got out of there. But, uh, man, I'm telling you, i never seen so many fat people in my life. I mean, everywhere you look, people, you look around, I mean, you could see they was all sick. And uh, it just, I, I mean, it's just shocking. But uh, we had a good time down there. We went and got her birds, and she was tickled. And, and uh, <coughs> a friend of um, hers and uh, Beth's, uh, his name is Jacob. He was the guy that was riding in that truck with a night boy out of De Quincey, and uh, they were stopped to turn to go into what used to be the old uh, Jim Miller um, auction barn um, on 27 south of De Quincey. And um, this guy from north of here, up around Midi, uh, Louisiana, he uh, cut off of the road just to haul in A, had his fire truck this and that on, but... Uh, he ran off the road and uh, hit them in the rear end wow. of that pickup truck. It bent that truck damn near half in two. And, wow. uh, so, I mean, he was smoking when he hit them, Bubba. And, uh, you know, they were at a dead stop with a blinker on, and uh, there was traffic on him, and it knocked them into another deal. Well, anyway, Jacob... Um, it uh, broke his back, and I mean, it done all kinds of crap, and they said he would never walk, and we said, no, bull crap, we don't even settle in that. And uh, so uh, we kept praying for him, and um, it turned him around, and uh, she uh, told me, she said, gee, she said, we were going to leave early this morning and go see Jacob in uh, Lumberton, Texas, which is up around a place called Buna, uh, Kirbyville, it's north of uh, Beaumont, about, say, 45 miles or so. Mm. And uh, she got a phone call and said, Jacob is uh, going to be in Quincy today, and he's at uh, this fellow's house. And she told me where it was. And, and uh, they got him lined out for his apartment. He can't, uh, he's not supposed to climb stairs. But um, he's going to be able to go back on his own on a ground floor apartment in De Quincey. And uh, we started talking about, I wonder if he's got the money. I said, honey, don't worry about the money. I said, that boy's going to have enough money, but this is over with. Hell, he can retire. And yeah. um, uh, <laughs> I mean, listen here, brother. Uh, some insurance company and that fella that hit him, I mean, they're going to be singing more than the blues. But yes, uh, Anyway, uh, she's over there. They're going to have a game night tonight. This will be his first time out since he, uh, um, they they had him down in uh, Lafayette, and then they carried him to New Orleans. And then uh, they discharged him to go to Texas, and he went to some kind of special rehab center. I think it was in Beaumont. And... uh, so he was kind of close to home because his mother ended up around Lumberton. And um, so he's been over there for several months now. Like the man said, the boy's up and walking. They said he'd never walk again because uh, it almost severed the spinal column. And I kept telling him, I said, I don't give a damn what the doctor tells you. I said, you have to see this thing completely rejoined. 
And I said, whatever you put your mind on and you see it, I said, your mind and your thoughts is going to be more powerful than theirs because they do not know how to concentrate and focus on that, and they don't know how to make it happen. I said, but uh, remember now, we're the king. We're royalty. And whatever our decree is, it's what's going to happen. I said, can you all keep that up? I said, I don't want to hear a negative word. I don't want to hear maybe it's going to be. I don't want to hear nobody asking for God to do no damn healing. When we prayed tonight, I said, this is the dog that's going to hunt down the whatever. I said, and that's the way it is. And the only thing, every time you see it in your mind, you just get things that's already done. And yes. uh, one of them had asked a question. I said, well, what if it's not? I said, it is already in your mind, isn't it? Well, yeah. I said, then that's it. It's yes, going to manifest according to your will. I said, now, we've got two, three, four more of us here, plus the other aspects of this, and we have agreed on it. I said, you might as well just get your ass, get out of the way, saddle your horse. I said, that boy's going to ride. Yes, and sir. sure as hell, he is. Thank y'all. Uh, brother, that, I mean, you know, the when the truth comes forward, and like you said, when we pray and speak, the decree of our desire and you know that the that true essence within us makes that increase and the manifestation come forward if that don't increase people's belief and faith or whatever you want to call it and to know that that divine creator is the creator and nothing can you know, nothing can be except what we speak, hear, and see. Well, Jim, I agree with you because, see, like yesterday when we was at that sale, yes. uh, we sat down and a man and woman sat down next to us uh, about one chair over. And um, Teal and his wife, uh, um, Teal Singletary, he's a real fine young man. I know his dad, Joe, and his brother Mal and T Teal is uh, he was a younger one, the cocky one, but yet that boy he knows something about cattle. And they got a ranch up in South Dakota. And so they in the summer when it's cool, um, down or hot down here, they up there where it's cooler in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they do a I I don't know how many cattle they're running up there, but uh, they've done pretty well. And uh, his mother had passed about a year ago. Anyway, they come back down with the lady, uh, her dad. He was a high-level traveler, shall we say. And he was broke down on the road. We were coming from Dritter. We had just picked up uh, feed. And uh, so we pulled off and stopped in White Girl because it's a crew cab one time. And uh, um, we picked him up, carried him home, and we talked quite a bit. And uh, anyway, she got to asking me about um, healing and something and different things, you know, because I was talking to this lady. And so I demonstrated it in her hand. She says, oh, my goodness, you know, because she could feel the heat and the cold when I'd go from one hand to the other. And then I would take my index finger and let it walk up and down her palms of her hands and her fingers and uh, circle it and go back. And I said, now, I'm going to release this right here. And I said, this energy is going to go through your entire body. She said, okay. And I did. She said, oh, my goodness. 
she said, what'd you do? I said, well, let's just say it this way. I said, I just recharged your electrical energy battery. I said, oh, my God. She said, are you a mason? I said, no, ma'am, I'm not. I said, but I was knighted as a warrior to a warrior with Washington's sword that was given to Chief Tecumseh. And it came down through the lineage of his brother, the prophet, to Chief White Eagle. And they, uh, I said, they, you don't bow like these other cats do. I said, if you're a warrior, uh, they swing that sword. And I said, it's so close to your right eye that um, I said, you can literally feel your eyelashes when it swings by. I said, and if you blink, they'll give you one more shot at it. If you blink that time, it's over with. You can't get in. And um, it all happened so fast. In three hours' time, man, they had done inducted me into the tribe. And, and um, he walked up to me and he said, you know, I've been looking for you all my life. They told me about you. And because um, they called me the boatman. And uh, anyway, if you understood a little Egyptian history and knowledge, you'd understand what that meant. But nevertheless, um he swung it the first time, and I never blinked. But I'm telling you, it was so close, man. Uh, I could feel the eyelashes on my eye. Uh, uh, you know, as they went by, I could feel it either blow them or go between them. I mean, it was close. It was almost <laughs> up to my feet. And, oh. uh, but anyway, um, uh, it, uh, it was amazing. And see, his wife, Key, is a medicine woman. And um, he uh, he uh, had the gifts of healing as well. And um, but anyway, um, I explained to her, and she said, "Oh my God!" And I said, "Yes, ma'am." I said, "That's." Uh, she said, "You're not a mason." I said, "No, ma'am." I said, "But I taught a lot of them." And I said, "They're all high-level boys." She said, "I can imagine." And um, I think her dad was the thirty-third, and. Mm. Uh, I, you know, we never got into that too much, but see, uh, you've got different groups of people. I started explaining to her about the Sabine or Sabine or Sabian River and Arkansas and the Kansas Indians. I said, now you figured out where the term Ark comes from. She said, oh my God. I said, well, in the second expedition with Lewis and Clark, I said, uh, Jefferson sent, um, them to find the Kansas, and I said they found the Kansas in Arkansas, Kansas, Missouri, and Nebraska. And if you go up there, they have basalt octagon um, stones that have been cut, you know, like they're anywhere between five and six feet long. And that's what they put around the graves, or they'll make the grave cap with. And um, man, my family is all up in there. And um, so um, we talked on, and this lady was sitting next to us. She said, what did you do? And uh, she said, he charged my battery. And I said, here, ma'am. I said, hold your hand. I said, "Um, she's standing right here. Ain't nobody going to hurt you. And so I run energy on her, and uh, she said, oh, my God. She said, what's it doing to my stomach? I said, well, I said, you have migraine headaches, don't you? She said, yes. I told her to get rid of them. 
And I said, this can also be involved with uh, endometriosis. I said, a doctor will tell you it can't be here, uh, cured. I said, that's much crap. I said, uh, I've cured it a bunch of times. And I said, it's just that uh, Dr. Taters in this country today can no longer cure or heal by law. I said, they're symptomologists. They're symptomologists, and they use uh, allopathic medicine, which means a toxin or a poison, to create an equal or an offsetting reaction. And she said, oh, my God. And um, her husband was sitting over next to her, and I kept breaking it because I I was pulling so much garbage out of her. I said, um, um, I said, I have to break contact with you. She said, well, I, I feel this energy coming and going. I said, yes, ma'am. And I said, and I'll tell you what. I said, your husband is about to manifest high blood pressure and this and this. And I said, and he needs to watch because of diabetes. I just started talking to her, you know, telling her. She said, how do you know? I said, ma'am, don't ask me how I know. I know. And so the other lady, Teal's wife, was there. And she said, Gary, where did you get this? And I said, ma'am, I said, I don't know. I've been strange all my life. And um, I said, uh, my grandmother could pull fire out of a burn, move it around, you know, out, out of, away from your hand where you had burnt, where you could work, and it wouldn't bother your hand or nothing during the day. I said, and I got that ability. I said, and then I had an uncle named, great uncle named Pete, uh, Peter, and um, I said, he could find things that were lost. I said, well, I got that ability, too. And um, I said, everything that you can imagine, I can do. And um, I said, as a matter of fact, um, if you ever get to a place that uh, something's bleeding and you want it to stop, I said, you quote this book out of Ezekiel. She said, oh, my, when I pass by thee, I said, yes, ma'am. I found thee, and thou was polluted in thy blood, and I commanded thee to live in thy blood. She said, Till, and I done that. We took and worked on a cow, and it wouldn't stop bleeding, and we used that scripture and quoted it and said, it just stopped just like you popped your fingers. I said, yes, ma'am. I said, you see, they would teach this in these churches. These people would have power. I said, but they don't. And so when you start doing it, I said, you have to kind of be careful. Because when you go to healing a bunch of people, and I said, me, I can do that at long range. I, and there's no time, space, or distance because we're all connected. She said, yes, we are. And, uh, man, she, I really had a bright spot, you know, in finding someone that I could talk to. And here's someone that, man, it, it, I mean, they know so much more than these churches know. And, and um, I guess she got it through the knowledge of her father teaching her um, and some of the knowledge of masonry. But uh, uh, real nice lady and her and Teal are just a match pair. I mean, nice-looking couple. And um, But old Joe, he marked Teal. <laughs> he looked just like him, but I could see his mother in him, too. But, uh, man, I've had a great time. I mean, um and my children, uh, especially Shawnee, I see she's got to where she can do that. Jacob had a piece um, of steel got in his finger. And so he come in yesterday evening and wanted me to see if I could get it out. And I pulled a scalpel blade out, and I think it was a number 11, and a number 3 handle. And um, I cleaned him up and fixed him up, and then I took and 
opened that thing up, went all the way to the core, and I made two little cuts. And uh, then I said, here, let me see your finger. And I reached, and I was underneath and kind of pressed in real hard, you know, like you'd pop a pimple. And, man, all of a sudden the pus popped, and it come up and started running out of there. And it cleared out, and you could see the little core where that piece of steel had been way down in the bottom. And it done flushed it out. And so I fixed him up and told him what to do. And and um, he was supposed to come back over last night, but I wasn't here. And uh, so uh, it hurt, kept hurting him today because, see, that, that, that uh, pus and stuff will still build up because it's got to heal and it's it's a way of cleansing that you know that uh where that uh, piece of steel was down in that finger and uh, they uh finally carried him and they went and done an x-ray on him i mean just stupid crap wasting money <laughs> and the doctor wanted to mash his finger he said oh no 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 you ain't mashing my finger he said well son i can't see no steel in there on that uh on that deal. He said, well, I did get my grandfather to work on me yesterday and said he never said no more because he wasn't going to tell him anything. And uh, he come back and uh, I looked at that finger and I said, yep, that fatty area right there, I said, that's subcutaneous tissue. I said, it's still swole up. I said, what you need to do is get down low and mash. And I said, it'll pop that and it'll make the, that pus uh, packet pop out. He said, well, it had an abscess. Um, I said, well, that's just the uh, pus pocket building up, you know, to flush it. I said, but if you'll pop that, it'll come out. And then I took, we had what they call uh, red scarlet oil. You use it on horses and stuff like that for cuts. It's got uh, uh, pine oil, you know, real pine oil in it and stuff. And so uh, I rigged him up a little dressing, made him put it on there, and he wrapped it up. And, and uh, he... Uh, Went on over to the house over there at the trailer, and uh, I said, go lay down a while, son. I said, go to sleep. I said, uh, he said, well, do, am I going to go work tomorrow? I said, no, with well, that finger. I said, you, you're going to need at least another day for it to straighten out. I said, but now if you'll come in here tonight, I'll redo it with some more stuff on it first thing in the morning, and then to, say tomorrow evening. I said, and the next day, hell, you'll be able to go back to work. And uh, so he just tickled his punch. But, I mean, Jim, there's always opportunities where you can help people. Yes, sir. They're everywhere. And um, I teach them certain things. And, and uh, if they ask questions, you know, so they learn, I leave them at them. If not, then I go on. I have no sense in, in wasting my perils, so to speak. Uh, their mind's not yet prepared. And so uh, to those that ask, Peter, uh, I can give it to you, but I can't give it to them. Yes. The reason why, they don't know the day of their visitation. Their mind is not open and prepared. See, every one of us have to guard over our own heart with all diligence. For out of it, her, the issues of life. And um, knowing how the mind is, you know, separated in its different aspects, and uh, say like the number six is the bath. Okay, that's the sixth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And uh, so when you get to looking, uh, they say, well, uh, what do you mean alphabet? I said, well, Aleph means to plow. 
I said, bet is the house. So you're going to plow the house. I said, no, you don't put a plow in a house, but you put it in a female because she is the house. She is the mother. She is the true tent, the teacher of the tent. And if she is a strong, good, powerful male, she supports the entire house. I said, if mama's okay, hell, everybody else going to be just damn fine. I said, you get mama out of whack. I said, your whole damn world's going to just go to shit in the handbasket. And uh, he said, man, he said, you know, that makes sense, you know, different ones you're talking to. But <laughs> as they begin to look and see, uh, I mean, great things come when people open up their head and start thinking. Yo, Dad? Yes, sir, brother. I mean, you know, like it's like you were saying, you know, I mean, when Peter asked him, Lord, why don't you speak? him openly he said it's for you to know and them it is not you know because they're not ready for it but those that are seeking looking and desiring to know what's before them are coming to them that, that they're more Correct. receptive i got a I mean, friend that i got uh black's law first and second editions from when fox was still in dallas and, um, boy, I really liked old Robert. But nevertheless, you know, we got to a certain point, and uh, there was a guy there called White Boy. He was a small fella, but that little dude, man, he was an iron worker. And you talking about scrap, he was always smiling. I mean, uh, a guy walked up to him one time, and he said, I don't like you. And he said, you don't. He said, uh, no, I don't. He said, and I'm fixing to whip your ass. And white boy looked at him smiling. He said, well, he said, I can see right now that the easy part's over with. And the fellow said, what the hell do you mean by that? And he said, the talking that is. And, boy, he climbed on that boy and just, I mean, peeled his ears back. But uh, we were talking one day, and he said, Gary, I know you. He said, you'll, you'll lead troops. I mean, you'll go into a fight, and it don't make no difference to you. Because you ain't going in there to take prisoners. You're going in there to kick butt and take names. So, but these guys do not have the full answer. And uh, at that time, we knew everything, but you didn't know how to apply it. And um, I had bought all kinds of law books and stuff and studied. And every one of them kept telling us that you're going to lose at the first level. And they make it difficult to do an appeal. And usually it'll take one to two appeals to get to where you're going to win. You'll eventually win because you're correct. But that's their stalling technique to prevent you from winning in court. <coughs> and uh, so I learned, <coughs> excuse me, and done as much as I could do with what was available at that time. That was in, uh, oh, about 98, somewhere along in there. And uh, I had some really good connections, and, man, I learned a lot of real good, solid, actual law from Robert Fox. And then I had all that trust background behind me, too. And so, and then with the scripture, man, that just made it, I had the threefold cord of understanding, you know, with, with those three aspects. And I could just walk through it just big time, but it wasn't quite at the time. And so I closed that chapter, and um, it took me at least 10 years because they were so afraid of, of me down in this part of the country 
that, um, hell, I would have cops and helos fly over two or 300 feet. There were people around me that they were scared to live here because of the fact they were afraid that an assault team was going to come in, you know, and uh, it was going to go to Guns and Roses. And all of them knew my background, or they thought they knew. And uh, sometimes what they think is worse than what it is. But nevertheless, um, I went on, and uh, I gently closed that area of my background in law because I knew until the time was right there wasn't a damn thing you could do. And uh, so, lo and behold, Stephen Sawyer um, is uh, involved with some type of a, a law movement that's in California. And he sent me this deal on Title 26. And uh, it was about the fact that all of your labor is exempt from income tax. It is not to be even added to the gross income. Well, there's a guy named Tommy Cryer, and I'm probably related to him, but he's from a place called DeRitter, Louisiana. It's north of the farm, probably about 26, 30 miles. And Barry uh, had jumped down his throat, so to speak, and they was going to send him to the joint because he didn't fill out a tax form. And uh, they moved the trial from DeRitter up to a place called Alexandria in, in Rapids Parish. And um, I guess they got a federal court there. I, I'm not, I don't know. Um, I would imagine they, they did unless they were bringing suit and say, a district court and going to, you know, proceed up that way. Sometimes they'll go that route. And uh, they had, he requested a jury trial. And uh, old Tommy was pretty smart. And because uh, he knew that if he just told them he didn't pay the tax, he didn't file the tax, he didn't this, he didn't that, them people, they wouldn't get a handle on that. So what he did was, he says, um, he kept reiterating. He said, ladies and gentlemen, he said, I, 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 uh, I would be more than glad to pay any income tax that is, um, you know, honestly and duly owed by law. And... Um, I would even be willing to file. He said, but I've been asking over and over and again um, if they would please produce the public law and statutes where it's on the registry that says that I owe this income tax and uh, that I am required to file. Well, hell, they couldn't do it. The IRS couldn't produce it because there ain't none. And uh, so... The jury understood what he was saying. They took, they sent them out to go do their bidding. I think in about 15 minutes or less, they was back, not guilty. Oh man, you could have, you could have poured gas on that judge and and lit a match. You know, I mean, it, it couldn't have burnt no brighter. And so he forbid Tommy from telling anybody what he had done. Um, he couldn't tell a client what he had done to. Um, overcome and get an innocent verdict. Well, old Tommy, country fella, you know, I mean, he got a little bit of smarts up there. So he didn't tell a client. There were people asking him to teach uh, what has occurred. And so uh, he became an educator. And uh, he would speak at these different, <laughs> excuse me, and explain 
you know, what uh, what you've done and whatever. And he would show them the law and what it said to do and don't do. A judge would have been better off if he showed his head. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he, all he did was create a better venue, you know, for, for Tommy to really go teach it. And uh, different ones. And then uh, they asked about state citizenship. See, because uh, they wrote you into a federal citizenship status, but that citizenship is a small c under the 14th Amendment, and in reality, it's a subject. It's not a true citizen. And um, I had uh, been in the Texas uh, uh, University of Texas Law Library on what was the third or fourth floor, and um, all the law books was there, and then back over in the back, um, the far end, the south end, there was four um, different kind of bookshelves, and um, it said religious law, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I walked back there and looked, and two of them, really the backside of one, and you know, the backside of the other one, you know, the same same shelf. And I was talking, and uh, I said. Man, that's strange that they got this in here. And there was a, a clerk that was up there. He looked over me. He said, do you know that everything in this entire building hinges on what's on these, on this shelf on both sides? I said, you're kidding. He said, no. He said, that's a fact. He said, if you know this, you know everything else. Well, oh, Willie Nell. And um, they were messing with me over a piece of property in San Antonio, the house to be exact. And um, they uh, had even converted my name uh, on the the uh, deed and uh, had put it in the hands or the name of another. And um, I never found that out till you know, later on, almost uh, eight months to a year later. They never would tell me. And uh, so um, while I was there, though, I had been studying, and I run across a set of volumes called The Opinions of the Attorney General of the United States of America. And there I was reading Citizenship at Volume 7, and it was uh, pages 747 through 757, 1856. And it stated that a citizen of the United States is, quote, a technical and abstract impossibility, end of quote, period. I said, well, kiss my grits. You know, I mean, what the the hell? (laughs) And, uh, you know, I've been in group and everything, and, you know, you're taught that you're a United States citizen, so forth and so on. And so finally, after I was really sure, and there was a, a, a real nice-looking black guy that was sitting over to my right, and he was just studying his butt off. And um, he looked up, and he said, man, he said, I, I know it's in here, he said, but I just don't, I can't understand why certain things are happening. So he explained to me a little bit. I said, sir, I said, you need to read that book right there. Pages 747, 757, 1856, Opinions of the Attorney General of the United States of America. He said, what the hell am I going to do that for? I said, if you'll read it, I said, you'll know. 
And so he started breeding, and when he got down to where a citizen of the United States is, quote, a technical and abstract possibility, quote, he came around and looked at me, and he was catching flies. His mouth was wide open. He said, buh, 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 buh. He said uh, 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 he said, damn. He said, no wonder we never win. No wonder we don't know nothing. I said, that's right. I said, you're claiming something was not, is not, and cannot be. And I said, when you go into court, I know you're out of your loving mind. Because you don't know who in the hell you are. And then uh, I found, you know, Elk versus Wilkins, 1884 U.S. Supreme Court. And so they had a big change over it that year, too. Uh, Elk versus Wilkins, Elk uh, was going to vote, and they wouldn't allow him. Uh, Wilkins was, uh, you know, uh, tied with the voter registration and all that kind of crap for the country. And um, he uh, would not allow Elk to vote. He was an Indian, Native American. And the finding in the case was he was not a citizen of the United States. So he couldn't vote. Well, I kept looking, and there was a little notation there, and it said, Ex parte, Frank Knowles, California appellate, saving the suitors, Note 71, sections 1331, 1332, 1333 of the United States Code, and it reaffirmed the opinions from 1856 of the Attorney General, Volume 7, 747-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856-1856
um, Tibetan thought, Egyptian thought. Um, and um, way back in 1981 or 82, I come across the book, and um, it was either E. Wallace Budgie, uh, B-U-D-G-E, Budgie Budge, or um, one other man is real, real famous. And uh, it wrote, uh, the name of the book is called The Temple in Man. And I looked at that, and I said, you know, that's an interesting title. So I picked that dude up. And, man, I was wearing the antiquarian bookshops out and half-priced books. There were people throwing away books, man. They didn't even know what the hell they had. It was worth gold. And um, all of that come together, but... It wasn't time for me to be able to use it until, say, Stephen come up with this Title 26 the other day. Well, I responded and, you know, put a few questions there because until they go to thinking about those questions and get those answers, they're not going to know which end of their tails up. Well, there was a guy named uh, Bobby Brooks, Bob Brooks, um, in uh, Texas. And um, he wrote and made a few statements. And uh, <laughs> when he did, because uh, um, I had made the statement about the attorney, and um, he had put a few pointers in, and he come back and he said, man, he said, are you on point? <laughs> he said, the guy's name is Tom Cryer, Tommy Cryer. And uh, he said, he's on YouTube. And I said, Pow, no problem. So I come back, and I just done a Google YouTube search, you know, because if you do YouTube, you're going to get Google because they own them. And uh, then I, I said, well, hell, if I found that, there better be one in here on state citizenship. I'd reclaim it. So I punched that in, done a search, boom, there it was. And so um, then I sent it out, and this one would send me something, and another one sent me something. And all these pieces, these these loose ends coming together. <laughs> and I, I was telling them, I said, you know, I thought I'd close this chapter in my life, but uh, I can see this book don't want to be closed. <laughs> but uh, the one guy is what uh, had been studying on the restoration of the return of the sovereignty of the actual Republic of Texas from 1834. Well, hell, my great-great-grandfather was one of the three men that opened the trail into what became the Republic of Texas, and they listed as 1834, but hell, they were there long before then. And uh, then when uh, Aaron Burr shot Alexander Hamilton, the backer, um, I had a great-great-uncle named Samuel Charles Hickman, and he sold him Hickman's Ferry up at what they call Burr Ferry, Louisiana. <laughs> and uh, that, if you run it straight back, you've got another one on the red uh, there around Ellick, Alexandria. And it crosses and goes right on into uh, the Natchez Trace in uh, Natchez, Mississippi. And um, so... Uh, I mean, hell, I come from a long line of recon boys, and uh, it's just, uh, man, I have lived a wonderful life, Jim. I mean, to tell you, all these wonderful things come together. And yet the scriptures, knowing those scriptures. Um, and uh, see, like, um, if you went to the panhandle of Oklahoma, there you had the cave of Anubis, Anubis. 
the boatman. He's the ferryman that ferries you like you go across the sticks, S-T-Y-I-X, or S-T-Y-X. So you're, you're crossing the, the river of the dead, so to speak. So you're ferrying an individual from death and ignorance and noncompliance, shall we say, to the place of life and age-lasting ability, if they're willing to ride the boat that far. Yes. Well, they would take and put a coin in the head of a dead man, a teraphim. And see, that goes back to the book of Jasher, and that's uh, when uh, uh, Leah and Rachel, they had taken Laban's uh, teraphim, his talking heads. And see, they were using what they would call sympathetic magic because uh, in psalmetry and so forth, whatever you touch, uh, you pick up that frequency, that vibration. And so the bones and calcium is calcified, uh, everything that man ever believed, knew, or whatever, uh, you can tap into that, and you're hitting on, say, the Akashic records, the DNA vibrational frequency records, and you're riding the mental time horse in thought uh, to past, present, or future, because it's all present right now. It's just a matter of how you access it. And, uh, see, they have to have special type of equipment to do what we can do naturally. And uh, all of these wonderful things are right there in the scriptures, but people, they just don't know who in the hell they are. And um, they've, they've had so much smoke blown up their ass so long, to shit, they think they're a helium balloon, you know. And if they open their mouth, they squeak and squawk like a duck, you know. They've got a change in their voice. But anyway, you're dying crazy balls. Yeah, brother, the things you're saying are so true. I mean... It's time that we as as a people, like you say many times, for us to get our head out of our rectus and you know, get our get our mind up on high, so to speak, to where and our heads above the water to where we can see, know, and do what it's actually telling us to do and to be part of. Absolutely. See, old Bogratz, I'm telling you, they'd say what they want. Oh, I know he was a hot shot. And he's a, you know, I mean, listen here. When you're good at what you do, you're a cocky S.O. gun. I mean, like it, lump it. Uh, that's the kind of guys that they want that's going to do this. You've got to have somebody that's got some weapons, and uh, they can set their face like it's a plenty stone, which means, you know, a um, 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 our forehead's like a, uh, a flatty stone. It means a, a hard rock. They can't penetrate. They can't shake us. And so um, guys like that, man, you leap over a, uh, run through a troop and leap over a tall wall and kick butt and take names in the process. But uh, you have to have people like that. Well, that's what Bogratz was in a way. And um, some people liked him, some people didn't. But, you know, it's like a rainy weather. Some like it sunshine, some like a little, you know, whatever. And uh, Bo was really the colonel that was running what they call SOG, SOD, and Charlie Charlie operations. He was attached to 5th Group at that time in Vietnam. And uh, you're looking 67, 68, and that neck of the swamp because uh, they were getting ready to switch over to where SOG, SOD was put under MACB. And uh, they pulled it away from fifth group, and that's when everything started going to hell in a handbasket, so to speak. But 
um, SOD was a special operations group, and SOD was special operations division, and Charlie Charlie was CNC South, and then it went to CNC North. And um, um, all these different things, and these different people, and old Bo, they'd get to drag it around, some guy would be kind of half-stepping, you know, and he'd say, son, if you don't get your head out of your rectus, then go down there at the head shed and tell them you need a damn plexotomy so you can see where in the hell you're going. You understand me, Trooper? Oh, listen, buddy, Bo, Bo, talk to you like that. You knew you better get your mm-hmm squared away. And, I mean, yesterday wasn't fast enough. But, uh, anyway, I mean, everything works for the good, Jim. And, see, there's people that's going to come in, they're going to hear, and uh, they're going to start going back. Um, um, I, I was looking at the different, you know, go back to you got some around 22 and then 35 or 38 and different levels of people downloading. So those are the interested ones. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, like it says. I've got, I've got several hundred on the call list. But the interested ones is the one that will go listen. Some of them can be on the call, some of them can't. But there's something that's tweaked their mind. Yes, sir. And uh, it's kind of like uh, Jordan Maxwell, who makes a statement. He said, people will pay for what they want to hear or what they believe. He said, but if they don't know it or they don't believe it, he said, let me tell you something. He said, you'll starve to death, so to speak. Well, I've always been in a place that it didn't make a damn. Uh, I had a preacher tell me one time we were at a ministerial alliance in San Antonio. And he said, Brother Jerry, he never called me Jerry. I always called me Brother Jerry. He said, um, our people won't hear that. I looked at him and smiled. I said, they won't, huh? He said, no, they won't. <coughs> I said, brother, <coughs> excuse me. I said, the reason you're saying that, I said, you're afraid you're going to lose your money. He said, well, brother, he said, <coughs> that is a kind of a concern. I said, let me tell you a little secret. I said, when I came here, I came with money. Well, I've been teaching and preaching this here. I still have money. And I ain't getting it from them. And I said, you know something? When I leave here, I'm going to still have money. Do you understand? He said, yes, sir, I do. He said, we know what you all are saying is right. And it was Harvey Yarbrough and myself. We had taught him for over a year. And uh, God did brought in top guns from up in Chicago and everything. One guy's running about 5K a day. I think he was having two services. And um, some smart people, Bishop called Shook. And um, anyway, we, we had a really good good time. And guy named Tom Chalker at that time, he had, he really started understanding. And uh, he had a tree service. and um, But different ones. But they refused to teach it, even though they knew and acknowledged that everything we said was correct. Jim, I started watching within six to eight months from the time that that alliance stopped. I watched them drop dead with heart attacks, strokes, families tore up. 
children in, in the joint, everything in the world you could imagine, and it was all tied to their belief structure. The truth had come to them, and uh, it, it almost, I was almost afraid at times for the people to go someplace and teach what I had been told or shown in my mind, because I knew that if I taught them and they did nothing with it, oh, man. I went one place as a good friend of mine, and he was pastoring in a church north of San Antonio, a place called uh, New Gospels. It was a little Pentecostal church, a nice little church, and um, it could have probably held, you know, a good 400, 450 people if they packed them in there pretty good. And um, I was telling him one night because I knew I had been shown what was going on in that congregation. And um, so I told him, and I told him, I said, folks, I'm going to tell you something. I said, you people are going to have to get squared away here. I said, this this type of situation cannot go on. I said, and if it does, I said, you people are going to tear this building down with your own hands. And it's never going to be rebuilt again. Jim, I kid you not, it was not six months they tore that building down, and brother, that dude ain't been rebuilt to this day. And that was in, must have been 77. Wow. And, I mean, listen, it got to where I, I was almost afraid to talk to them because I knew what was going to happen. And uh, uh, the, word, the word of prophecy came to them, and they didn't listen, brother. Brother, let me tell you something. See, um, you'll hear these people talking about this that works and that gift don't work. And this don't. Listen here, dude. Every one of those gifts of the Spirit, others, you can call them clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience. You can call them telekinesis, telekinetic thought. You can call it uh, telepathy. All those things are the same dadgum things you're reading about in those scriptures over there called the nine gifts of the Spirit. It's the same damn thing. You just got a different name on it. That's all. Different handle. The same effect. Yes, sir. But those yes. gifts run hand in glove with those fruits. You have to have the kind of mental attitude that you're the sweet saver, so to speak, everywhere you go. You know, going there to lord it over nobody, you, you go there to help them. Yes. <laughs> but yes. some people you can help. <laughs> Excuse me, some people you can't. And um, see, this is the thing with law. I knew people wanted to get into law because God, they thought they could make money off of it. Let me tell you something. It's kind of like going into a casino. They've got a particular type of math they use. If you bet against the house, you don't have to put as much money up to expose it, let's say in the game of craps or, or uh, something on the order of that. Now, if you bet with the house, you've got to put up more money. But about two-tenths of the percentage of the people that play win the money. The 98% pay for them to play. And if you know how to do the plant and play with and against the house, and what I would do is I used to teach people how to do that and because uh, I had figured out how to break it. 
And uh, God, I studied, and I had one guy. He was losing. Uh, he was on a junket. He had already lost over 110 grand, and so he'd go out there two, three, four times a year, and uh, he dropped about 10k every time. Oh man, they'd give him free tickets and free motel rooms and food and this and. And uh, he had never won anything. He picked up, oh, maybe a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks here and there, yonder, you know, but nowhere near what he had lost. I took Peter Lazarus. I worked with him for two and a half hours. Left him on a Toshiba laptop computer with a particular program for Manhattan software at that time. You can't even get it anymore. And I taught him how to, how to, play and win, and how to do money management. He goes back out the following weekend. First time he ever won money and didn't lose his 10 grand. So he come back, and man, he thought he was King Kong. So he asked me if he could borrow that computer one more time. So I went over, and I left it with him two to three hours. He went again. And he was in a tournament. He came in second in the term, tournament. But like the man said, you know, the tall hog at the trough is the one that gets the gravy. And uh, it, uh, I taught him a lot. But uh, I used to go to the El Cortez and I would play the penny slots because I could work out strategies while I was doing there. I had been studying and digging just like you do in Scripture. You study, you dig, and then you start applying it. That's, that's uh, What I was doing was the same as taking a prayer, learning how to meditate and use a prayer. And uh, Jose Silva, old man, civil mind control, listen, I wore my manual. I still, we found it uh, here not too long ago. And it's got footnotes in it to a fairly well. I even called uh, down there to Laredo to see if I could buy another one because you're supposed to have lifetime um, ability to go into stuff, you know, but after Jose died, a lot of things changed. I think Laura is still operating, you know, the main deal. But if you take that basic course and their advanced course, it's true you can do RB, remote view, and all these other projects and programs that they have higher on up the line, but if you take those first two, the basic and the advanced course, and you will wear that manual out and use and apply yourself. You can do anything all the rest of them can do. That's where I first developed my ability to be an off-leash open scanner was in that deal. I could know whatever I wanted to know, and I didn't have to have a director to direct me like you do in a normal RV project. I knew because I could see it. I could hear it. I learned how to dial it in, turn the audio up, turn it down. The same thing you do in a prayer. And um, all this is really encoded in your Bible. But uh, the way people look at it, it's in all the religions all over the world. But uh, people don't know. It's just like it's in this book that uh, Amber sent me today. And, uh, man, I have enjoyed reading about it. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, this, the book of Gemaries, witchcraft, and say runes, being spells, etc., and if you really break it and get on down in there where the meat is and you stop and think about what you're reading, they're talking to you about the mind, the psyche, and how to operate it. God's a spirit. 
they that worship must do so in spirit, in the mind, and in truth. Then you can overcome. You don't do that? Hell, no. You're going to be just like the rest of them Toms walking down the street down there. Um, Jose used to make the statement. He said, um, hey, folks, how many of y'all want to be a genius? Oh, hell, every hand in the class would go up, you know. He said, well, if you look that definition up, that word genius means daemon. You see all those that were real Christian already, they already thought, oh, my God, they got a demon. It wasn't it at all. That definition meant the divine spirit was operating in them, just like it said about Joseph. He had a divine mind was in him. He had an excellent spirit. The spirit of the God was in him. Sometimes it said about Daniel. And Jose explained, he said, folks, the only difference between that genius and those everyday ordinary people is that one, the genius knows how to use more of his or her mind in a special manner and or method. That is the only difference. And that's a fact. Well, Jim, it's about eight twelve. I don't see a cotton chopping finger on the chat room. I'll go over and look. Nope, nothing there. All right. And uh, anyway, I'm hoping you people, I'm hoping this helps you, because if you're good at thinking about what I'm saying, you'll find those secrets. And when you start using and applying them, even the little things, if even if it's a smoking flax of thought, it won't be snuffed out. Even if a strong wind blows and you're reed in that wind, that divine mind will protect you and keep that reed from breaking until you gain the strength to walk. Because even the child, when they associated it with being the Messiah, said that child had to wax strong and grow in favor with God, the divine aspect, and mankind now we are no different than in that analogy because that analogy is teaching us about ourselves jim my yes, time your time crazy ball summer winter spring or fall old lady red lived in a shed down by old lady black and oh my god it's called crazy ball <laughs> that was good for you him yes sir Brother, we love and appreciate you, and thank you for coming. I mean, I mean, each time we have a call, it just gets better and better and better, brother. And it would do all of us good to go, you know, and really dig in. You know, like, like I said before, it says a wise man changes his mind often, but a fool never does. The fool sitting there saying he's got it all and he don't need no more instruction. But, you know, if we just take the time to look and by some chance that what we were believing for before might be wrong. And if they really dig into what someone's saying, just to check it, like the lay of the sins, it says they, I think it was the, maybe I'm wrong there where it says they check the scriptures daily to see if what was being told to them was so. 
And uh, that's what we need say, to do. Say, say it again. The, the scripture says what now? Where? In, in the scriptures where it says that, you know, I don't know if it's the Laodiceans or who it was that they sought the scriptures daily. Oh, yeah. That there is Thessalonica and Berea. And uh, uh, one of them uh, sought the scripture daily to see if the things that was told unto them, if it was so. That's why I'm saying, I, I, I'll tell you, just like Gordon, Jordan Maxwell said, hell, don't take my word for it. Go, please, check, look, see. And uh, <laughs> because uh, you're only dealing with your life. I mean, damn, if you were on the EMD team, you know, explosive ordnance disposal, you go read and know every damn thing in the world about every trigger, every bomb, ever with a C4 or whatever the hell it is. And uh, you're going to know everything about it before you jump out there and go to Wiggling Wires. I mean, if you don't, yeah. smoke on you. We'll go to your funeral if we can find you. But uh, anyway, yes. look, I love y'all. Hey, Jim, y'all have a good one. But you're right. If today at uh, Thessalonica uh, or at Berea were more righteous than they at Thessalonica, for they sought the things of the Scripture daily to see if the things that were told unto them or so. Your damn, my damn crazy ball. Well, brother, we love and appreciate you. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be the fool. I want to be the one that knows and understands and applies and does. Just like the scripture. All you got to do is see yourself as the one that uh, uh, understands and see yourself doing it. See yourself being blessed and prospered. Quit asking God to do it. And start thinking and seeing it because you're the God that's doing it. You're decreeing the decree. Yes, I mean, uh, quit asking damn questions and start making confessions. It is as I say it is, and it will be. Love yes, you, man. You have a good one. Shalom, prosper. Be in health. Give my best to the family. Yes, sir. Same to you, brother. Shalom. Well, folks. Shalom. Yes, sir. I think we've had. Uh, I've had a good Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.